1: Here comes a lightning bolt! Charger fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round podcast with your hosts Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle.
0: Go Chargers! Go.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am at Garrett Sisti, Jamie, of course, at Lightning underscore round. And today for our series, we're going to go around the AFC West and preview the teams within the Chargers divisions, uh, division and how they did this offseason. We'll talk about departures, additions, uh, any coaching changes, all that. Uh, and today we are previewing the Las Vegas Raiders. Before we get right to that, let's give some shout-outs to some Patreon members our new ones. And the first one here is Edward Ball. Domini. Thank you so much,
0: Sergio. Thank you, Sergio.
1: Juan Maldonado,
0: Kwame Boateng, Brandon Rich, Ozzy, Cameron Clark, Ryan Starcher, Spencer
1: Schmidt and Frederick Jorgensen. Thank you all so much for joining the Patreon. Uh, Love seeing everybody in the discord and everywhere else, it's been amazing to talk with everybody. It just keeps getting better each week. I know we talk about that every week. We do this podcast, but it really has become a uh, real safe haven for all of these Charger fans and and uh, kind of get off the toxicity of Twitter a little bit. It's been real nice.
0: Yeah, it's been really nice. Just uh, fun, uh, open conversations about the Chargers. Plenty of disagreements. It's not like we're all sharing the same opinion. We're all discussing and debating and um, just enjoying it, really enjoying getting to know everybody and chatting with everybody. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. All right. So, uh, and totally agree. It has been a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and move on to the Raiders. Uh, we already previewed the chargers and all their additions and Everything this offseason did a win-loss prediction on our last podcast, so we're going to go around the AFC West. This week will be the Raiders. We'll preview the Chiefs and Broncos coming up here soon. So first off, before we get into the player changes, let's talk about the coaches. Uh, Obviously, there is a brand-new coach in town. It is the former Patriots assistant offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels.
0: Yeah, so I think, you know... A lot of how you evaluate their offseason really has to do with how you feel about Josh McDaniels. Um, there are people who are still convinced he's a genius. I'm sure there are lots of Raiders fans who feel like they signed Bill Belichick Jr. and they're gonna turn into Patriots West and they're gonna make a 20-year run with Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff. And and then there are people who feel like Josh McDaniels is still the same guy he was in Denver and the same guy who bailed on the Colts job. Um yeah. and Probably plenty of people, plenty of people, you know, somewhere in the middle. So I'm, I kind of feel like you kind of have to listen to people when they tell you who they are and you kind of have to trust them when they show you who they are over and over again. And, you know, Josh McDaniels was a guy who had all kinds of personality conflicts uh, when he was in Denver, alienated his quarterback, alienated a lot of his players. He was 33 years old at the time commented later that he was 33 and didn't understand people, didn't under, understand how to relate to people and was treating his players like children, kind of came in like he was Bill Belichick Jr., like he was the genius and he was going to make everything to, you know he touched turn to gold, and that didn't work. And I think you know if you look at the way he, he built his coaching staff, his offensive coaching staff is basically a bunch of yes men. He hired a bunch of guys who worked for him in New England for the most part, guys who have been around the league for a little bit, but haven't had any real noteworthy success. Um, And he's going to be running the offense. He's going to be the one making the calls. Um, And, and then they, they obviously added Patrick Graham as their defensive coordinator. So for me, I feel like I, I'm kind of on a wait and see mentality with Josh McDaniels. I don't think this is a guy who has proven that he's anything other than what we saw in Denver. And when he bailed on the Colts, I think he's got, a massive ego. I know he's had some success kind of molding and, and shifting the Patriots offense over the years, uh, to fit the, to fit the players he had. Um, but he did have Tom Brady for most of those years. So I don't think we know what to expect from these guys right now. And I think they're going to have some personality issues with Josh McDaniels. I think some of the veterans who were in there are going to have some issues with him. And I think it might take a while for them to gel. And I think, that may not be as easy to put together an offense around Derek Carr as he thinks. So I think they're going to have some offensive struggles early. I think they're going to have some issues with Josh McDaniels. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of experience on that offensive staff. The one thing he did do that was smart was he hired Patrick Graham to be his defensive coordinator. Mm. Graham is a very solid defensive coordinator. And I'm sure we'll get into that here in a minute, but that it seems like McDaniels is going to run the offense and Graham is going to run the defense. And that's basically what we're looking at with the Raiders.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Josh McDaniels gets a second chance here and it, yeah, it's hard to gauge exactly how he's going to be as a head coach because it went so bad the first time. Uh, Usually when a coach gets a second chance, it goes a little bit better than the first time. And I'm sure McDaniels uh, learned a lot since his last time, but he got fired halfway through his second season in Denver. And then he took a Colts job and then left them high and dry and went back on his word and went back to the Patriots, which, Is awful. Uh, The fact that he's even getting another head coaching job is probably pretty questionable. I know there's been some time between that, but still, I just I don't know how you hire a guy and trust him that he's you're going to be able to keep him long term when he's he spurred Denver, he spurred Indianapolis, and he hasn't proved that he's much more than a really really good offensive coordinator. So there's a lot to question here in uh, Josh McDaniels. You, you'd think that he'd be better in his second season, but uh, like Jamie mentioned, they hired a new offensive coordinator, obviously new defensive coordinator um, and a lot of Patriots ties. The offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, it's his first time being an offensive coordinator. Um, he had multiple assistant jobs. He didn't really move up the ranks a ton, except this last season where he was a wide receivers coach. And that's as high as he got up a staff for the Patriots last year. So this seems like a guy that's just kind of, Going to fill that offensive coordinator role while McDaniel's takes the reins there on offense and could possibly be the fall guy if the Raiders' offense tanks.
0: Yeah, I mean he's Mick Lombardi. He's a guy like you mentioned. He's been a wide receiver coach. He's been an assistant quarterbacks coach. Had some experience as an assistant quarterbacks coach and an offensive offensive assistant with the Jets. Um, Nothing you can really point to from success standpoint with the teams that he's been with that you can say, yeah, that's him. That's what he did. Right. and I feel like this is, you know, kind of like the Ronaldo Hill hire at defensive coordinator last year mm-hmm. for Brandon Staley. This is, he's bringing over somebody who he's familiar with, who's going to do what he tells him to do. He being McDaniels and Lombardi probably isn't going to have a whole lot of say in what's going on in the offense. This is going to be, this is going to be the Josh McDaniel show all the way. That's why they hired mm-hmm. him because he is the offensive guru. And, you know, you can say the same thing about their, their quarterbacks coach, Bo Hardigree. Uh, same kind of background. You know, he was an offensive quality control coach for the Broncos, uh, offensive assistant for the bears in 2015. He was a QB coach for the, for the dolphins from 2016 to 2018, where he had obviously all kinds of wonderful success with standouts like Ryan Tannehill and, and Jay Cutler. So middle of the road quarterbacks guys that did not perform well. He bounced around a little bit. He's been an offensive assistant and he was quarterbacks coach for the jets last year for the, uh, the Patriots last year, excuse me. So, not a whole lot of experience on this staff. Not a whole lot of guys on the offensive side who are going to tell Josh McDaniels, "No, uh, mm-hmm. this is his show. He's going to be calling the plays, and everybody else is just there to make him look good." Basically.
1: Yeah, and if it all works out, that's great. But you know, there if it doesn't work out, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have to be there holding the water afterwards you know <laughs> they were going to uh, take a lot of this blame if it doesn't work out early on so uh let's talk about the dc yeah you, uh, you talked about patrick graham a little bit uh raiders of course got rid of gus bradley uh graham has patriot ties of course but as a dc he was with uh, the dolphins as their defense coordinator 2019 these last two past season, he was the New York Giants defensive coordinator. In fact, uh, Brian Dable was going to retain Graham in New York, but apparently he was uh, too upset with that organization to come back. I don't really blame him, but uh, some of the rumors were that he he actually interviewed for that head coaching job, and uh, he didn't like how it went, and so he ended up just leaving and took the Raiders job. So uh, a really good defensive coordinator coach so far, kind of an up-and-coming Uh, defensive coordinator i know you know you hear the giants and you think bad but the giants defense was actually pretty good it was like the lone bright spot of that organization last two years so uh kind of an up-and-coming giants defensive coordinator not not you know somebody that's gonna really move the needle as a big name but a guy that's a solid defensive coordinator coming over to the raiders
0: yeah and if you're if you want to talk scheme you know he runs a scheme that's very similar to what brandon staley runs for the chargers it's a Common two high shell. They rely on four defensive linemen to get to the quarterback. Not a whole lot of blitzing. um, A lot of zone coverages. Going to see probably a lot of their linebackers on the field um, at being asked to cover quite a bit. I think you know one of the things that they did, and we'll get into the free agency in the draft here pretty soon, but it seems like they really focused on beefing up the interior of their defensive line in particular. um, Trying to get interior pressure, trying to Increase the the chances of getting to the quarterback with just four rushers, and I think they did a a, a pretty decent job of that. So, uh, not nothing too complicated. They will try to disguise some coverages. Uh, I think they're kind of I think they're lacking some speed on the back end. Their secondary wasn't great last year. They lost Brandon Faison. They lost um, um, Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward, and they brought in Rocky Um They brought in a couple other guys to to help you know, compete for time at corner uh, with Trayvon Mullen. They do have a playmaker in the back end in in Trayvon Mooring, but I think this is a group that the second and third levels, they could have done more to address, uh, particularly in a pass heavy league. And I think they're going to have some struggles in coverage with this group, um, much like they did last year. They're shifting to a new system. They're going to be going from that cover three to more of a cover two. um, And I think there's going to be some growing pains there. So let's
1: let's get into it. So uh, you mentioned a couple of them. Let's talk about some of the uh, departures from the Raiders. Uh, You mentioned Casey Hayward. He went to the Falcons. Brandon Faison, who we know uh went to the Colts as Charger fans, not personally. Uh they they also lost Marcus Mariota, who went to the Falcons. Uh not a not a big deal. They've got Derek Carr, but the uh big one was the trade. Yannick Ngakwe who went to the Colts who they got for Rocky Sin. So uh they no longer have Ngakwe. They lost their uh best corner in Casey Hayward who still had a really really solid uh past season even in, even in his old age, uh, Brandon Faison, who ended up playing pretty well against the chargers, uh, leaves too. And now they've got some holes in the secondary.
0: Yeah, they have some holes in the secondary, which they tried to address. Uh, they do have Trayvon Mullen who only played five games last year. You got to think they're going to be looking for some of the guys they brought in to push him for playing time. Um, mm-hmm. they, we mentioned they traded for Rakia yep. They signed Anthony Averitt from the, from, uh, Baltimore. Uh, mm-hmm. somebody who was primarily a backup in his time there, but ascended to a starting role last year, played around 90% of the snaps on defense for Baltimore last year, got his first three career picks. He's a guy who I'm sure they're hoping will ascend into a bigger role. Uh, but this is a secondary that I think lacks a lot of speed and lacks playmaking, particularly on the outside. Uh, and they're going to be kind of mixing and matching, trying to fit guys into that system. Um and it might take them a year or two to get the right guys in place. I'm not I'm not sure they have that right now. Uh but one of the things they did, you know, they I mentioned they added a lot to their interior defensive line. They went out and they signed uh Bilal Nichols, they drafted Neil Farrell, they drafted Matthew Butler. There was obviously a and they I believe they signed um Vernon Butler. I'm sorry, what? Vernon Butler. Vernon Butler. Yes. Yep. I blanked on his mm-hmm. name. They, they also signed Vernon Butler. So really a concerted effort to add depth and playmaking ability to the interior defensive line, both as run stuffers and from a pass rush perspective, which, as I mentioned, they're trying to get to the quarterback with just four. So having a deep rotation um, is something that's going to help them. That's something that the Chargers probably should have done a year sooner, or at least started doing a year sooner. And they're just getting to it this year. So uh good job kind of rebuilding the interior, of the defensive line there, uh, which should help the secondary. Obviously, they also added um Chandler Jones in free agency. Somebody who had 10 and a half sacks last year. He's a guy who was, I think, 16th in the league in pressures with 16 total pressures last year. Uh had four sacks in the season opener, ended the season with two and a half sacks across his last six games. So there's some questions about how much he has left in the tank. Can he be that every-down guy right now? Um, but you know, he'll be at least a good foil to Max Crosby who had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. And if the guys inside step up, it should help take some pressure off him and help him get to the quarterback a little bit more. So solid front four there for the Raiders for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The big offseason addition was especially on the defensive side of the ball with Chandler Jones. Uh He's going to take over for Yannick Ogakwe, who got traded. So they go from a good pass rusher to a better pass rusher opposite Max Crosby. Um, And then, uh, like Jamie mentioned, they they got a lot of depth inside. Bilal Nichols, Vernon Butler. We loved uh, Neil Farrell. We were talking about him in the third, fourth round um, in our mocks. And Matthew Butler was a guy we liked too. Uh, so they got some good pieces in the draft, getting uh, Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler. Uh, last season, they had Solomon Thomas and Darius Phylon. So they got some upgrades there from a year ago. And the secondary is... A young bunch. Um, Rocky Sin came over in the trade. Uh, Jamie mentioned Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Mullen. And then on the back end, it's uh, Trayvon Morig and Jonathan Abram. So it it seems like the Raiders secondary is young, and they added some vets to the D-line. And then also to the linebacker group, they uh, picked up uh, Jayon Brown to start next to Denzel Perryman. So you got a secondary full of young guys who are kind of looking to hope ascend, uh, in the place of Casey Hayward and Brandon Faison, who, uh, left in the free in free agency. So they, they're kind of young on the back end. They're getting more depth on the inside. They got, uh, some good depth on the outside from, uh, adding Chandler Jones. And then they get an, another linebacker in Brown who was I a mean, linebacker was one of their weakest spots last year. And they've got Brown and Perryman now to, uh, man, the middle in the linebacker group.
0: Yeah, I think there are still going to be some opportunities to make some plays against the second and third levels of that defense for sure. Um, no doubt. A lot is going to depend on how Jones and Crosby do getting to the quarterback outside, and how that interior pressure does with Bil- Bilal Nichols. Um, I, uh, I'm not a big fan of their linebacking core. I know they added to it. Brown is a guy who mm-hmm. we suggested the Chargers sign on kind of a you know a lottery ticket kind of an yeah. approach on a one year deal. That's what he wound up getting i think with the raiders he's a guy who definitely is a great athlete he can fly around has played at a high level in the past but he's on he's been on a three or four year downswing at this point he has not been playing very well for the last few years so they're hoping for kind of a, a resurgence behind an improved defensive line um i think i think there's still going to be lots of opportunities to make plays against that defense it's just going to really depend on how much pressure the interior of the defensive line can take off of the edge pre- edge guys and free them up to to get to the quarterback and how quickly they get there because i think that secondary is going to have some issues
1: yeah this was the team that was starting will compton last year so while they got better it's not like they got uh worlds better by adding uh brown uh, i n- neither guy can really cover and run and perryman and brown and this is a very young vulnerable secondary uh ruckuson's uh Rakuten's still a, a question mark with that high draft pick that indianapolis spent on him uh not really playing up to that standard yet but a lot of question marks in the secondary you can definitely uh, pick on the second and third level again in this uh raiders defense but it's going to come down to the outside and that defensive line for the raiders and their defense that's what it's going to come down to in 2022 so uh let's talk about offense and of course uh you know, we can't say much until we talk about this big trade, uh, trading for Devontae Adams, which uh, they spent this year's first and second on to get him.
0: Yeah, so they kind of remade their wide receiving core this year. Obviously, they traded for Devontae Adams, depending on who you talk to, wide receiver one, wide receiver two in the league. Uh, definitely a fantastic playmaker, somebody who's going to make them better, somebody who already has a connection with Derek Carr from from college at Fresno state. So they have some familiarity there and I think they still work together in the off season. So plenty of familiarity. Um, they didn't get a whole lot faster or more explosive, which kind of surprised me. I thought they'd add some speed. The one real speed guy they had was Brian Edwards and they traded him to the Falcons for basically nothing. Um, they did go out and replace him with Keelan Cole, somebody that Garrett liked uh, in free agency on a Mm -hmm. one-year deal. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a better trade off there. They added Mac Hollins, who I guess wide receiver three, wide receiver four type, a guy who can get down the field a little bit, but hasn't really done much at the NFL level. Mm-mm. And obviously they still have Hunter Renfro. So you can mm-hmm. kind of see they're, they're gearing up to probably throw the ball a lot more outside. Uh, they've been kind of, you know, slot heavy, getting the ball in the middle of the field to Darren Waller, getting the ball to, to Renfro. Now they can get the ball outside a little bit more. So. They've opened up some opportunities in their passing game, although I think they might have some of the same problems the Chargers had last year at times where teams can, you know, go with that too high safety look, you know, kind of cover up the defense a little bit and force Mm -hmm. them to throw the ball underneath. And are they athletic enough or explosive enough to make guys miss in the open field and stretch those five and six-yard passes into 10, 15, 20-yard passes? I think that'll be the question with them. Um, The thing that they – Couple things in their offensive offseason that kind of, I guess, confused me a little bit is their offensive line was awful last year. Mm-hmm. They really did nothing to improve it. They signed a veteran kind of utility offensive lineman, but basically they're rolling into next year with the same offensive line they started in 2021. And that was not a very good group. The only solid offensive lineman they really have is Colton Miller at left tackle. But from left guard to right tackle, they basically have four question marks. So they did
1: draft Dylan Parham. They so did there draft was Dylan Parham, bit.
0: but I don't think that's enough to really flip flip that offensive line. Oh, no, definitely not. Group. Uh-uh. Um, and we don't know where they're gonna is he gonna be a center, is he gonna be a guard? There's a lot of talk about where he might play. I guess they mm. could move him outside to right tackle. I don't think that'll happen, mm-hmm. but so that that kind of confused me, you'd think, for a team that went out and got um Devontae Adams and has Derek Carr back there making a ton of money. You'd think they'd want to build that fortress around him. Like the chargers did with Herbert. And they really didn't do that. So that surprised me. Yeah. The other thing that I had a hard time piecing together was it seemed like they went out and got every running back. They can get their hands on the season. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't understand what the thought process yeah. is. You know, you're going into the season. You've already got Brandon, Jake, uh, Josh Jacobs, players, Josh Jacobs
1: mm-hmm.
0: as your RB one. You've already got, um, uh Kenyon Drake. Uh now you go out and you add Amir Abdullah, who's done very little over the last few years. You go out and you add Brandon Bolden. You draft um two more running backs in Zamir White, and I'm blanking on the other kid's name. Um they drafted another halfback. But anyway, they're going to camp with like six running backs and no offensive line, which is always a little bit confusing to me. Like I, I don't know. I know the I know the patriots were always multiple and they had different running backs for different sets but i don't understand kind of hoarding running backs at this point when you have no offensive line it's kind of like trading up for a running back when you have no offensive line like telesco did with gordon years ago so i don't get it that's a little confusing i guess we'll see i guess they're going to rotate guys to try to keep them fresh but didn't make a lot of sense to me
1: yeah and the running back you were thinking of was Britton brown out of UCLA,
0: yes, that was the other one.
1: Never, never heard of him, but it was a seventh round pick. He was two fifty overall. Yeah, um, you know, uh, yeah, adding, adding Devonte Adams uh, definitely helps when you've got a wide receiver like Renfro. It's a huge upgrade, and that offense gets a lot more scary by adding a guy like Adams. Uh, they, for depth wise, they got Keelan Cole, Mac Hollins also added Demarcus Robinson, uh, three guys who haven't really consistently been good in the nfl quite yet but uh took flyers on three younger guys to replace zay jones there and then yeah the offensive line is probably the biggest head scratcher for the raiders offseason uh i I felt like they needed to upgrade the secondary and i guess you could say that getting rocky sin is an upgrade it's better from a year ago maybe but casey hayward uh, is better than every Uh, corner they have on the roster right now in my mind Um, and then also offensive line and to only add Dylan Parham I think they drafted another tackle Mumford I believe yeah but Mm -hmm. I mean there there just isn't any consistency. There's a lot of question marks. And um, like Jamie mentioned, outside of left tackle, you've got four real big question marks on that offensive line. And when you've got Devontae Adams and you just gave Derek Carr a big contract, you want to protect your quarterback, and they didn't do that this offseason. And then to really lean into running back with Kenyon and Drake and Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, uh drafting two running backs, Zamir White was a, a big kind of hidden gem in this draft for a lot of people. So to have him on there for i mean what is that running back six or seven and their special teams value i don't i don't know what they're going to do here there's just too many bodies to make any sense of it so yeah there that it was a very uh weird way of going about this offseason uh, at running back um getting devonte adams i mean that's that's a home run he's you know one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, no doubt. And to have him and Renfro side-by-side is uh, very, very good for this Las Vegas offense. And um, just to add on a little bit in terms of the offseason, the team declined their fifth-year options on Josh Jacobs, who we mentioned, Jonathan Abram, and Khalil Farrell. So uh, there's three guys that'll be free agents very soon. Uh, all guys part of the same draft class that they thought was going to be this home run uh, face of the f- cornerstone of the franchise, new edge rusher, uh, running back to carry a franchise, this hard-hitting safety. All of which will probably be with another team next season. So um, this is there's been some good moves from the Raiders. Uh, some question marks. How do you think they end up doing
0: this season, Jamie?
1: Are they a, why, are they a playoff team? I'll just ask you that. Are they, are they a playoff team?
0: I'm not sure that they are. I'm going to pull up their schedule here. Um, okay.
1: It's going to be hard because really three teams in the AFC West should make the playoffs. Two of those wildcard teams should be in the AFC West. But this division's so. going to be so competitive that there's going to be some team that's going to probably squeak by because they're going to have an easier schedule and they're not going to have to play these AFC West teams twice a year. So it it's probably not going to be two AFC West teams, but it really should be.
0: Yeah, I think in the wild it's going to be tough West. to get two AFC West teams in there. And um, in the, in
1: the wild card, yeah.
0: They're good enough, but getting two wild cards from one division is always tough. Yeah uh you know just looking at their schedule i have a really hard time seeing them make the playoffs i think they had a nice run last year i i was a little surprised they didn't give rich passaccia a little bit more of a look as as the head coach because he came into a terrible situation last year uh really i mean they were in complete chaos yeah he took the team over and right at the ship they made a nice late run got into the playoffs they were one and done but that was probably their ceiling last year anyway, just based mm-hmm. on what they were and how they were constructed. Yeah. Um, I I would I, I would anticipate some regression this year. I think the AFC West is so much better and more talented as a whole than it was last year. And I think with them installing a new system, they're gonna have some of the ups and downs that the Chargers had last year, mm-hmm. especially on defense. Um, maybe not necessarily having all the pieces they need to run the defense the way they w- the way they want to run it on the back end in particular. Um, I think is going to give them some issues. Uh, I would say, you know, you're probably looking at them winning somewhere in the eight to 10 game range, Mm -hmm. probably nine and eight, somewhere in there. Um, They'll win some games. They'll Mm -hmm. probably win a couple games. They shouldn't win, but I think there's a lot of games in there that they're going to really struggle with. Um, You know, the Denver is a team that I'm high on this year. I think they're going to give the whole AFC West problems. Uh, They've got the Rams that'll give them problems. You know, Belichick will have something dialed up for them on December 18th when Mm -hmm. they see the Patriots. Yep. Yep. You got to figure the Steelers are going to be better this year than they were last year. If they're healthy, the Niners are going to be really difficult because of that defensive line and the running game. Uh, I, yeah, I would say probably eight and nine or nine and eight is kind of where I'm pegging the Raiders right now. I just, I don't think they're as good as they looked finishing the season last year. And I think they're going to have some growing pains, probably offensively and defensively, but especially on defense.
1: Yeah, I um, we kind of mentioned it when we were going over the win-loss predictions. But uh, yes, I am actually with you. I, did, I thought you were going to say they were going to make the playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs either. And I think when you have a new head coach and a new staff, that first half of the season is all kind of learning terminology, figuring each other out, and still trying to gel. And I think they don't have the time to lose a couple games here or there. They have to come out and be strong the entire season just because of how good this AFC West team is. They're going to get beat on late if they lose games early. So I just think that they're going to be a team that's going to finish third in this division, and I do not think they make the playoffs. I think with a new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and head coach with as chaotic as Josh McDaniels has made everything else throughout his career, I just don't see him having a firm plan and the Raiders just jump out of the gates being good right away. I just don't see that happening. So I'm with you. I was going to say nine wins as well. So this is a uh, very, very, very interesting prediction here for the Raiders.
0: Yeah. Just look at the way they open the season hosting the Cardinals in Tennessee, hosting Denver, and in Kansas City. That's three road games against, I mean, they're going to travel well and they'll probably have tons of fans at SoFi. But still, that's three tough road games against three really good teams, all teams that figure to be in the playoffs. And then Arizona always starts hot. Yep. And Tennessee is going to run the ball right down their throat because that's what they always do. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I would not surprise me at all to see them start one and four, oh and five with that schedule. I just I just think they're gonna run into some buzzsaws there early. Yep. And then they'll probably build some momentum in the middle of the season. And then they finish with the Chargers, the Rams, the Patriots. The Steelers, the Niners, and the Chiefs. So <laughs> that's not a great. And you can <laughs> even throw, you can e- from week 10 to week 18, it's Indy, Denver, Seattle, Chargers, Rams, Patriots, Steelers, Niners, Chiefs.
1: Damn, there's- they run the gauntlet there at the end of the year.
0: <laughs> yeah. So five tough games. Then they have three games that they should win. Then mm-hmm. there's eight games mixed in there that are going to be a nightmare. And their bye is week six. So they get their bye early. <laughs> right after that tough five week stretch and they go right Ooh. into like a gauntlet for almost eight straight weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We might be a little high. It might be eight wins.
0: It could be anywhere from seven to 10.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, that does it. Uh, that's the preview of the Raiders. We got the Chiefs coming up next and then we'll finish with the Broncos. So thanks everybody. Appreciate everybody listening and I'm at Garasisti and Jamie's at Lightning Underscore Round. Thanks everybody.
0: You stole my line again. God! <laughs> Dang it!